The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, hello, hello. Still talking to you now from Tel Aviv, Israel. Beautiful sunshine here, beautiful spring weather. Sun is warm, not too hot, not cold. Beautiful weather of the spring. And this is our coming to a close, the second section of 13, co- uh, 13 broadcasts. I repeat, I would like you to write to me what would you like me to contribute in these broadcasts because I heard only from one person, although the statistic shows that over 25,000 people listen to this broadcast, nevertheless I would like somebody to write to me and give me feedback on what we are doing. So my Email is ichak, I-C-H-A-K, at adizes, A, Dilakin David, I-Z-E-S, dot com. And I repeat, for those of you who find this material helpful, whether in managing a company or managing even a personal life, if you want to know more, you can see my video tapes called Top Leaf Tapes, 34 of them in small versions between 15 to 22 or 25 minutes long, or my 14 books in 26 languages, or subscribe to my blog, which I write every week, every Friday there is a blog, and you can find me on Facebook, or subscribe on the www.adizes.com website. All right. What are we going to cover this week? We have covered the theory so far, and what's left to talk now is more of the pieces that are in between the different phases in the different materials that I've been covering to put all pieces together. The purpose of the thesis methodology, this new paradigm of management, is to bring companies, organizations, systems to prime. Prime. What does it mean, prime? What is prime? Prime is when the system is controllable, and at the same time, flexible. Up to that point, flexibility is higher than controllability. These are young systems, very flexible, but not very predictable because they lack controllability, self-control. After that point, the system has more control, the flexibility is predictable, thus controllable, but not flexible. That is the aging stage of the system, 
when both flexibility and controllability are declining, the system is dying. Our purpose of the methodology is to bring the company to prime, which is called balanced growth, increase controllability without sacrificing too much flexibility, so that the system can be both flexible and controllable, or to rejuvenate an organization, which means increase flexibility and decrease controllability without losing control, and bring it to the point of prime, which is not a stable equilibrium point. It is vibrating. What does it mean? Sometimes we have more control than necessary in terms of flexibility, and sometimes we have more flexibility than controllability. So being prime, being continuously in capability, and the continuous capability to adjust. Like an aeroplane will never fly exactly according to the schedule, so to the, to, to the uh, I totally call the, 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 the path. But it will always deviate left and right and the capability to bring the plane back uh, to the optimum path without too much difficulty, so it doesn't deviate too much. When a system is not controllable, or not sufficiently flexible, it will deviate, and then the controller, bring it back to the desirable path will be more difficult. Or as I say, success, in this case health, health like success, is not how little you fall, which is the deviations, but how fast you get up because you will fall, how fast you get up. That is the purpose of prime. That's the purpose, sorry, of the business methodology to bring companies to prime, which really means to make them healthy. Like in medicine, we all get sick, but healthy people recuperate faster. Sick people have difficulties recuperating. Some of them cannot recuperate at all, they're dying. And what does it mean to be healthy then? What does it mean to be capable of correcting action fast enough when you're deviating because of the changes of the environment? The environment forces you to, to deviate, to fall. And the answer is, is when you are effective and efficient, you have the capabilities to be effective and efficient in the short and in the long run, for which the four roles of management, the DNA or the vitamins of organization, whichever analogy helps you see that, that understand it better, that's what you need, P, A, E, and I. Well, that is prime. That is prime. What are the difficulties that companies have to get to prime? Many along the way. In courtship, which is the first stage of the life cycle when the flexibility is very, 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 very high and there's practically no controllability, the disease is called an affair. We fell in love with an idea, but the commitment was never institutionalized, never strong enough to take over, to take the risk of giving birth to the company, quote-unquote, thus the idea fizzled. We never, the commitment was never realized, the risk was never taken, taken, and nothing actually happened, quote-unquote, nothing happened. So this is called affair. In infancy, the disease is called infant mortality. The organization was given birth, the founders took the risk, started the business, but the commitment was not sufficient for the risk. They ran out of energy, ran out of resources, and the system died. That's called infant mortality. The next stage is founder's trap, which is in the stage of Gogo. They found everything depends on the founder. It grows as big as the founder commitment is and capabilities are. But then when the founder dies, or the family dies, usually takes three generations, the company suffers and dies as well. That's the disease of Gogo. In adolescence, the disease is divorce. 
that the peculiar spirit and the administrative subsystem are in conflict. Entrepreneurship was flexibility, partner organization is control, and the two factors are not compatible. And if entrepreneurship wins, the organization never gets stabilized and controllable, professionalized, and thus falls into the founder's trap or family trap. But if controllability takes over and entrepreneurship is kicked out, what we have is premature aging. The organization ages prematurely. If we survive that stage of adolescence, we are now in prime. All the roles developed, P, A, and E, and I. That's what needs to be developed in prime is the I. Are we done? Are there any diseases now? The answer is yes. And the disease is called aging. After prime comes the stage of aging. And all agings are abnormal. They're all diseases. You don't need to age. The organization does not need to get bureaucratized. Human beings do not need to age either. I already covered it in my previous presentations with adequate exercise, most desirable yoga, and with the right rest and the right food, you can prolong life and you can actually die healthy. How can that be? Well, the body dies the spirit does not. So really, it is not true that you die anyway. But you don't need to die sick. The organization does not need to die. The business dies, the organization does not need to die. We covered in previous presentations, I'm just summarizing. What is the treatment for these different, quote-unquote, organizational diseases? What is the treatment? Well, it depends on which one are we talking about. Let's cover one by one after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. ADESIS Management Methodology is delivered by the ADESIS Institute with offices worldwide, introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the ADESIS Institute today. The ADESIS Speakers Bureau can present the ADESIS methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. The way to treat the first disease, which is called affair, which means insufficient commitment for the forthcoming risk that the organization will have to take, the founders of the organization will have to take. 
what you need at that stage is a good business plan. What is the role of the business plan? Is to validate, to check, to analyze whether there is sufficient commitment for the forthcoming risk. Or as I jokingly say, it's okay to dream as long as you wake up. And the, proper, uh, the purpose of the business plan is to make the founders of the potential organization that's going to be born business to wake up, to test the E idea with the P and the A and the I questions to be sure that the idea, the E will survive. And if not, it's better not to give birth because we have a real problem here which is going to haunt us later on, so we better let go of it early enough. What's the treatment for infant mortality? Why will the organization die? Why infant mortality? Well, insufficient cash, insufficient commitment or declining commitment over time of the founder. How do you treat that so it doesn't happen? Well, as I said, a business plan that's done in courtship will help because we will predict how much cash we need so that we don't fall into the trap of being cash short and the organization is healthy enough to generate the cash that it needs. And as far as the commitment is concerned, the threats of the commitment come from insufficient participation, insufficient support, loneliness of the founder, insufficient family support, and eventually the person just runs out of energy, out of support, and the system will die, will be abandoned by the founder. We don't need that. So what you need is to increase the support group with which you work. Very often founders marry their secretaries for the same reason, because what they need is somebody close enough to support them in the dream of building this organization, raising this quote-unquote child. So if you have a wide support, family support, if you have a good support of the people with whom you are working from within the organization, so you're not lonely, if they give you energy so that you don't run out of energy, and if you have a good business plan and you don't run out of cash, you manage cash, the probability of having infant mortality is much smaller, if not non-existent. How to get out of the founder's trap? And that's a situation where the founder or the person that's building the company, which is now beyond the founder, it's a family, it usually takes three generations. The founder trap is when that person loses interest or is or is dies, the organization suffers a major crisis. How to get out of the founder's trap? I recommend the following treatment. You need to build a good organization structure and structure the organization around the needs of the organization and not around the people that you have so that you have institutionalized leadership and not personalized leadership. Then establish an executive committee of directly of the top people that reporting to you, usually one per system, so you can have somebody from marketing sales, somebody from production, engineering, somebody from finance, somebody from human resources, so the four subsystems are represented. And that executive committee, now, you delegate to them to make decisions under the following conditions. They have to give you the agenda upfront, and you have 24 hours to veto any subject you don't want them to discuss. Then they have to submit to you any decision they cannot arrive at a consensus. But as long as there is a consensus, the decision holds unless you have 24 hours to veto it. So what's happening here? They will make decisions, but they are under control. You know what they're discussing, and you have to approve the decisions. That's why you have the veto power. But if you veto three times in a row, or more than 30% in a year, the system is not working. 
In other words, the tolerance is evaluating the tolerance the system provides. You should review the solution and bring a consultant in. The situation is much more acute than what can be recommended to a radio program. I've tried this in many, many companies and I found out that the founder is free thereafter. It has a well-structured organization, good people managing in the different boxes. And he has executive committee when they know how to work together. And now they're capable of making decisions together in consensus. And the founder can, which usually they don't, but they can veto a subject to be discussed or a decision that was already taken. We got decentralization and the founder is increasingly getting freed of the organization, still in control, but does not have to be there on day-to-day -day management. How to avoid the diseases of adolescence when the entrepreneurial and administrative subsystem are in conflict? Adolescence is the most difficult one to treat because you have a divorce the two subsystems of fighting is represented by fighting of partners. The administrative person with administrative side is fighting with the person with the entrepreneurial style. The two subsystems are fighting dogs and cats. And if it's abnormal, they're ready for a divorce and one buys the second, the other one out, usually the administrative type buys entrepreneurial type out and all the companies being sold. The company is in deep trouble, internal conflicts galore. What to do there is one of the specialties of the Business Methodology Business Institute. You have to find out if there is any trust and respect left between the working, fitting sections of the organization. That's the first thing to check. Is there any trust or respect left? If it's a partner's fighting, you have other partners. What do you respect in the other person? Is there anything you respect? They might say, I respect him as a salesman. He's a fantastic salesman, but he can't manage. Okay. How about you, the other person? He will say, he's a great, you know, controller, but boy, he's not the entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. So what do you respect in each other? If there is some, you have to build on what they respect in. To put this person in charge of what the other person respects to be doing. Which means we have to reorganize the company now to ensure that the two partners in a new, cleared up organization structure have the appropriate positions that reflects what the other partner tasks them to do exhibited. The next question is to find out if there is any trust left. Now, if they say, I don't trust the guy at all, forget it. There is no treatment anymore for therapy. It's time for divorce. It's time to split the company. One person should buy the other one out. There is no trust left. But after you check it, for trust and respect, if you find that there is some trust left, some, doesn't have to be 100%, some trust and some respect. Now you should be able to do treatment. Not a divorce, not surgery, treatment, rejuvenation, recuperation. And here is the sequence. In the treatment, the first thing to do is to rebuild the mission of the organization because they lost their way. Because of internal fighting, the company has lost its way. They don't know what they're doing anymore. What There's no vision. There is no future. You have to rebuild that vision. Where are guys going? You have to get them to fall in love with the idea. It's like a new courtship, a new love affair. You have to bring hope, faith into the system. They have to see the end of the tunnel. They have to believe in something. They have to be recommitted. If you cannot do that, again, time for divorce. Split the company. One buys the other one out. So 
For treatment to succeed, you must redo the mission, the vision of the organization, which will require some reengineering. What business are we in? What's it called? Core business. What else can we do? Where will this us? Thereafter, we start working on restructuring the company correctly. And we do it in colors. What are the profit centers? What are the other functions that support the profit centers? We call the reds. And the profit centers being the green. We will restructure the company because good fences make good neighbors. So here's what we have now. We are doing this participatively, not management is participating, what's happening as we do it participatively. Trust is growing, respect is growing. We do it in a very way that these are tools of creating a safe environment where people listen to each other, learn from each other. And what's happening is they learn from each other, teach each other, trust and respect are growing, which is the asset of the organization. Now they have a vision and they have a clarity of structure. Then you have to deal with what we call the blue book, which is the flow of accountability. And what that is, let's cover after the break. which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Now, now that you have a clarity of structure and mission, you have to deal with the flow of information. Why information? Because information is power. And which, which information is the strongest? Information about money. Who has what budgets, who has what resources to fulfill their responsibility. That is the next step. So the structure is not only the structure of responsibility, but now the structure of authority, who is authorized to spend what kind of money to reach their responsibility. And that has to be systematized. Because up to that point, usually all the responsibility for Money is centralized, either in the founder or in the CFO who makes decisions who gets what money. 
wrong. What you have to create is a decentralized system where people have the resources and are able to achieve their goals. But it has to be controllable, must be controllable. If it's not controllable, money flies out the window and you will not even know where the money goes. Now be very careful. Don't do that as a consultant. Any recommendations, writing a report. Here is what you should do and sign it and charge money for that. It does not work. What you really need to do is participatively. And the faster you go down, all the way down to the last shift of the organization, to the bottom of the organization, the better are the chances that you will be successful. This I learned from, quote-unquote, the father of the Czech Revolution, Czechoslovak Revolution of 1968, the spring of Czechoslovakia called. When I asked him, he was a, you might call it the political, spiritual leader of Tupcek, was a leader of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the revolution against the Russians. Why did it fail? Why did it fail? His answer was because we did not far, go fast enough down to the working masses. You have to hit the bottom because the more people get involved at the lower level, the more difficult it is to reverse the direction of the, of the, of the, of the changes that you're institutionalizing. In other words, you have to get to the roots of the organization as fast as possible. So here we did. We participatively, usually the top of the organization participatively, you cannot get everybody in the organization to participate. The top 30, let's say, worked on vision, mission, then on the structure, then on how the flow of money and budgeting and resources will be. And now what do you do now? Immediately go to the next level in the organization. From 30, now you go to 300. And do the same thing. Let them now learn how to diagnose problems, how to solve problems, how to structure the rest of the organization, how to share the resources of the rest of the organization. And as soon as they learn it, go to the next one, and next one, and next one. So what's happening now? This is called cascade. You have to bring the energy all the way down. And when you hit the bottom of the organization, you actually hit sesame. Alibaba's cave, you know, you finally open the cave and you find all the gold that the organization has to offer. Because the gold, quote-unquote, the big, 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 big rewards for doing all of this is by activating the bottom of the organization, which is usually ignored. The changes, if they hit the bottom, they hit the jackbox. Trust me. Trust me on that one. Usually people say, oh, they're going down to the workers on the line. I mean, they, they don't they don't have a strategic importance. Wrong. Wrong, because they are executing your decisions. And if they get understanding of the vision, if they get involved and they get motivated, my God, you will see energy which you will not know what happened. Where did it come from? Tremendous energy. The organization will start flying. And now that the whole organization is activated, what's happening now? Now you are able to do strategic planning. What's strategic planning? Strategic changes that you need to do. Strategic change in direction that you might have to do. And that's very important. The organization becomes very flexible. Why? The whole organization is united. The more integration, the more flexibility. Because when you are integrated, the whole system is changing around. When there is no integration, some parts are changing, the other parts are not changing. That creates gaps. Those gaps are manifested in what we call problems. And if you cannot close the gaps, change will stop and it gets stymied. So, integrating the whole organization, everybody speaks the same language, they are all involved, they are all integrated. Now we are capable, capable of doing strategic changes in direction. Whether it's from moving from, let's say, military electronics into consumer electronics, or if you need to move from banking into financial institutions, or you need to move from uh, selling uh, uh, components into selling modules and systems, whatever it is that the market needs and you need to change, it's easier to do that so strategic plans do not up just on a piece of paper, 
but they are now a reality. And now that you have that, we go to the next step, which is reward systems. And you have to design participative reward systems. What does it mean? Where people share in the achievement that they contributed to. So what, what now? Start from the beginning, except that you don't need to do it anymore. You should train people within the organization to do that. You transfer the technology, and now the organization becomes self-sufficient and self-supporting. That is the idea. That is how you're capable of bringing a company to prime. And how do you keep it in prime? Decentralize. Now that you're in prime, decentralize. Free the colonies, quote-unquote. Instead of having a major big company that you have, have as many relatively independent units, green units, strategic business units, picking up a product or a market that they are responsible for and working in harmony, working in, in, in collaboratively, but relatively independent. What does it mean collaboratively? Money and talent has to be centralized, not decentralized. So whatever the units produce goes to the center, and then it gets reallocated according to the needs of the different units. Same thing with people. Whatever the talent is created, it belongs to central uh, central panel, central pool, and it gets allocated throughout the organization where needed so that we cross-fertilize each other rather than develop silos. That is how, by doing that repetitively, every two, three years, you stay in prime. A prime is like a stud. It creates itself, recreates itself. It is like a tree. It gives fruit that now creates new trees. It's ripe, it falls down, and the seeds create new trees. Same thing for an organization. When you get to prime, you're, prime you're, you're ripe. Now is the time to recreate yourself through many, many, many strategic business units that have a life of their own. Obviously, in harmony, coordinated, but they're not silos, they're not independent, they're interdependent through people and money centralization. What about the aging part? The companies in aristocracy. No difference. Now you have to do the whole program that we talked about it before, maybe faster, immediately. Start learning how to solve problems collaboratively, so that you're building trust and respect. They can see some changes. They can see the, the benefit. And then you do the mission. Then you restructure the company to as many business units, strategic business units you can identify that can really have relative independence, which means create entrepreneurial spirit, give them the resources that they need, reward them according to performance, and what's happening? The organization is getting rejuvenated because they are, quote-unquote, injecting entrepreneurial spirit into the aging organization by greening it, by having as many green units as you can get into that organization effectively or rationally speaking. And the next stage of aging after aristocracy is what I call solemn city, where the knives are pulled and they start killing each other because they personify the problem and identify who is to blame, rather than what is to be fixed. And they're starting to hurt each other. There's a lot of internal fighting, internal wars. You have to stop it. That's the first thing to do. Can you stop it? If you cannot stop it, the treatment of a disease is not effective. It's not something for us to do. Now what's needed is lawyers. It's like in a divorce. The partners are killing each other, quote-unquote. Family therapy will not work. Now what we really need is a lawyer who is going to <laughs> split the company, split the marriage, and let everybody go his own way. It's too late. It was too long. It was too late for the fixing that was necessary to be done much earlier. It was not done earlier. The stage after that is called bureaucracy. 
that I'm not fighting anymore. System is an artificial life. It's getting supported not what it does, but because of the support it gets politically, because it's a political liability for it to die. It might be some government agency, and what supports it is their taxes people pay, and they don't have a choice, they have to pay the taxes. And that's how the system survives from imposed revenues, not voluntarily given by revenues, but imposed revenues. How to treat the bureaucracy, which by the way now I'm very much involved as I work in Russia, taking companies that were in the communist system before the government agencies and now they're competing in the marketplace. How to make the change after the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Topleaf, visit www.adesis.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do you rejuvenate the bureaucracy? First of all, let's understand something. The difficulty is that in a bureaucracy, what happened? Disintegration. The parts do not work together. What keeps them together are the rules, policies, standard operating procedures, lots of bureaucratic, what will I call it, manualities, manuals, all in the written word. That's why in a bureaucracy you have the worshipping of the written word, worshipping of the manuals. It has to be all in writing. And what's happening? People do not use their judgment anymore. They look for precedence. Where it is written, what does the system say? What does the manual say? What does the book say? And what's dangerous? People are losing their judgment. They don't, they're totally disempowered. It is a written word that is powerful. It is a man that's powerful, not the person. They don't think anymore. They're walking like they're blind. No head. It's lost its sensitivity. Its willingness to take risks and make judgments. Just follow the dead word. Now what to do? 
What's common denominator to all this disempowerment is lack of faith. The people being disempowered for a very long time, they don't believe in themselves, they don't believe in the system, they don't believe they can make a change, which is really the saddest part of it all. They don't believe. So when you come in and you say, hey guys, we can change. Oh, they said, come on, we tried it, nothing works here. Nothing works here. Nobody has the energy to do anything because they lost faith. They don't have hope. So what do you have to do? You have to address that issue. The issue of hope, the issue of faith. The same way like in a go-go, the biggest problem of a go-go that is behind everything is lack of discipline. And we have to address the issue of discipline first and all. How to manage meetings, when people should come, when they can leave, how the, meeting, how the meetings are being managed, how decisions are being made, how decisions are being followed. That's what Gogo misses. They don't have discipline. In aristocracy, sorry, bureaucracy, they have a lot of discipline. Actually, they have only discipline. So now what do you have to do? You have to give them faith. You have to give them hope. How? Pick up law lying fruit, pick up something that they can make a change. I don't care what it is. Very, people are going to complain to you, they're going to say, why are you doing such small things? They're not important, you should do the strategic things. This is a bureaucracy, we need to make major changes. Why are you picking up some tactical little nonsense changes? Because I'm trying to build faith. I'm trying to build hope. I'm trying to empower the people realistically. Because once it gets planted that it is possible to change, people start asking for more. They ask for more. They want to be empowered. It is like a drug. And they want more and more and more. By the way, that's what's happening with this Arab Spring and what's happening even in, in China. Because once the people smell the capability to make a change, they smell that there is hope that if they can make change, they start asking for more. It grows, guys. It grows, but you have to make the dent. <coughs> you have to pick up the low-lying fruit and give them the hope. After that, it starts happening. Now you can start picking up bigger and bigger issues, but you have to pace yourself. Be very careful. Because if you pick up something too big, you get, quote-unquote, hernia. You have to feed that rolling snowball as it grows, gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes an avalanche of change. But you have to feed it. You have to pick up the next subject that they can pick up, and the next subject they can pick up. Don't give them too much. It's like physiotherapy. You know, you don't go for the big things right away because you could do damage. You start giving them more, slowly, more, 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 as they're building muscles, which means it takes time. It takes time. But it's not too difficult to get time in the bureaucracy because they do have time. They have a lot of patience. Why? Because they don't have hope. So they let you do it. They say, well, do. You're not the first one. Many tried before it didn't work out. So you're another one. Well, this time it's going to work because you have a system and you know how to do it, in what sequence to do it, and how fast to do it, and who to get involved, which is all in these 11 workshops that I already described more than once. What to do with the Salem City, or what's called when they start attacking each other? Really, it's not work for a disease. We don't do much about it. Because this is more for therapeutic psychotherapeutic intervention, financial splitting of the company, as I said before, it is for divorce lawyers, it's not for ter family therapists, which we, we are, we are therapists, we are not, we are not uh, um, um, lawyers or, 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 or splitting the company to pieces, selling pieces uh, for it to survive or, or you know, dismembering the organization, we don't do that. What happens after bureaucracy is called death. What does it mean? Well, there is no external support and the bureaucracy dies. 
because it depends on the external, not from the market, but on political support, taxes, and when that is being withheld, organization will die. What to do with a bad organization? Well, we don't have a treatment for that. It's dead. <laughs> Let it go and start all over again. Well, dear my friends, we covered a lot of this methodology, some of the material I've repeated more than once uh, from a different angle, I hope. And with this, we end up the presentations of the methodology and all future uh, broadcasts are going to be interviews with executives, how this methodology works, how they practice it, and having some case studies from which you can learn, I hope. I wish you all the best. From Tel Aviv, Israel, this is Dr. Odysseus. Goodbye and see you next time. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management 